TII Item 221, April 20th, 2012. Blackjack for the iPad in April. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ricardo for sending in the music you hear in the background. Ricardo wrote, Hi, Rob. I made a song with GarageBand on my iPhone, and I wanted you to hear it. Regards, Ricardo. Thanks, Ricardo, for the music. And folks, I will try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Poda for sending in the artwork for today's show. Poda wrote, Hi, Rob. Image artwork is a compilation of Photo Genie 2, Percolator, and Overlay Photo. Regards, Poda. Well, Poda, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Poda's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 221, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and you'd like to share it with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, when people put their computer to the side and take their iPad with them to travel, you see a lot of compromises being made. Unquote. Steve Felice, Chief Commercial Officer, Dell, 16th of March, 2012. That's not a misread. That is correct. The comment was from the 16th of March, 2012. And if by compromises, Mr. Felice means not needing to lug around extra batteries or running out of battery life on the plane, yeah, I can see that being a compromise. I just got back from the NAB show, and I saw almost as many iPads at the show as I saw laptops. I even saw, kid you not, a limo driver holding up an iPad with the person's name they were waiting for. So, not a paper sign, an iPad with the person's name on it. Now that is an ingenious use of the iPad. Not a compromise. For promo codes on episode 220, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Steam Cannon HD and Trism Touch, and also Network Assistant. I'll give those out shortly. So if you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 220 for the additional details. I also gave out promo codes for the mobile device station accessory from Leviton. Again, those will be given out shortly, i.e. early next week. The folks at Leviton were nice enough to send me my sample unit to look at. I received that this week. It took all of one minute to install. And here is the kicker. My wife actually likes it and is using it. There are not many accessories I can get from my iPhone and, or hers uh, and put it in the kitchen and get the blessing of my wife. So Leviton, very well done, or job well done, however you want to phrase it. Again, check out the beginning of episode 220 for more info on the mo mobile device station and getting in the drawing for a promo code to get one of those sent to you. As always, if you're an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating in the review you are the dev. If you don't have promo codes to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up in the show, you can just send in the 60-second or less review of your app, again, making sure you mention up front that you are the dev or working for the company that created that app, and we'll work it in on a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. Just some quick news and notes on me before we get into the show. A quick shout out to Kevin, who I met up at NAB, and he showed me the case for his iPad he got via Kickstarter. Kevin told me he would send in a review of that. Kevin, nice meeting you at the show. For those in the New York area or any area you are interested in learning more about blogging and podcasting or new media, 
I will be at the Blog World Expo in New York. Uh, that's New York City, June 5th through the 7th. I'll be speaking at the Expo for three different tracks. On June 5th, uh, there's one about doing interviews. And then two on June 6th about podcasting and the business of podcasting. So go to blogworldexpo.com to learn more. And of course, if you are going, please let me know. And now into the news. And to start, a quick update on the Pebble ePaper Watch for the iPhone on Kickstarter. It was up to over $5 million with 29 days to go early on Thursday. And just prior to recording this episode, it was at $5.7 million with over 39,000 backers and 27 days to go. I'm going to get uh, one now. I'm just trying to decide if I should get a white one to match my white iPhone 4S. Maybe I'll get two, a black one for my wife's black iPhone 4, and then the white one for my iPhone 4S. We shall see. I received quite a few emails on the Pebble since the last episode, including the following two. Hey Rob, I pledged for the Jet Black Pebble Watch. Can't wait to get it. It will be my own birthday gift to myself. I have always wanted a watch that could work with my iPhone. Thanks for talking about it on your show, and I look forward to more Kickstarter projects on your show. Regards, David, the FedEx driver from South Florida. I also received this. Hi, Rob. Thank you for talking about this awesome Kickstarter project. I backed the product today, and I can't wait to get mine in the mail in September of 2012. Regards, Stefan from Colorado. Yeah, September seems a long way off, but it'll be even longer if you don't order one now. Remember, just 27 days left to order the Pebble, and at the 5.7 million mark, it is now the largest Kickstarter project ever. Congrats, guys. Switching to some iPad news, Apple announced this week that the new iPad would be coming to 12 new countries on April 20th. Those countries are Brunei, Croatia, Cyprus, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Guatemala, Malaysia, Panama, St. Martin, South Korea, Uruguay, and Venezuela. Additionally, Apple announced this week the new iPad would also be available in nine more countries on April 27th. They include Colombia, Estonia, India, Israel, Latvia, Lithuania, Montenegro, South Africa, and Thailand. If you live in any of those 21 countries, congrats. With all these new launches, this means by May 1st, the new iPad will be available in 56 countries around the world. If you are in one of these 21 countries the new iPad is available in, in April, uh, and you get a new the new iPad, please send in a note or comment about your new, the new iPad, and any issues or lack thereof in getting your new, the new iPad. Hey Rob, this is Matthew coming at you from Denver, Colorado. I just got done listening to the latest podcast, The Pebble, and it was funny, I read an article uh, on USA Today about that and then listen to your podcast. So uh, I was kind of interested in knowing what your thoughts were about the the iPod Nano. People, you know, obviously wearing it as a watch and Apple is obviously taking notice as they put uh, additional clock faces out last time. Uh, what do you think the possibility is for Apple to move in that direction with the iPod Nano? I think it's actually kind of a cool concept. So let me know what you think. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Take care. Matthew, thanks for the feedback. And that does pose an interesting question. Obviously, with the success that this Kickstarter project is getting, it has to be brought to people's attention, higher-ups' attention at Apple about this. So Apple can either, one, ignore it and make believe it's not happening, not likely, two, buy the company. So bring them on board and just buy them and, and make the watch themselves and put it under the Apple branding. Or three, do they tweak the iPod Nano to work with the iPhone just like the Pebble is going to work with the iPhone? In other words, do they look at the functionality from the Pebble and then just build that functionality into the iPod Nano and then offer up Apple's own watch band for the Nano? If Apple is the type of company that acquired lots and lots of companies, I kind of go for that second option where they acquired the guys that are doing the Pebble. But more than likely, Apple is going to try to, in the future, work some of those features from the Pebble, the communication, into the Nano. That would be my guess. Of course, they could always just ignore it. But with the press this is going to get and the SDK, I think they're going to have to do something. Now, it very well may be that Google buys the guys from the Pebble since it also works with the Android. 
we'll see. But I just can't imagine they're going to be independent for very long. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. In episode 218, Brian from Ventura was looking for an app for his wife to be able to play real media files. I believe the Buzz Player app for iPhone or Buzz Player HD for the iPad will play these types of files. It is my favorite of the video player apps, and although I've never tried it for real media, its app store description lists real media and many other types of formats it is capable of playing. Regards, Brent. Thanks, Brent, for the feedback. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Last week, while conducting a lab activity with my science students, which involved using compasses, we discovered a problem with the iPhone compass app and some iPhone cases. When taking compasses bearings, my iPhone compass bearing matched that of the handheld compasses, but a few of the kids using iPhones had bearings that were constantly 10 to 15 degrees too much. After a few more trials and still getting erroneous bearings, I suggested they take off their cases. That solved the problem. I have a very funky two-part case which doesn't interfere with the compass. Seems the fancy-dancy cases my students have causes a significant problem with the Compass app. Just FYI for those who rely on the accuracy of this app. They should make sure they get the same bearings with their cases on as they do with it off. Thanks for passing the word, Lauren in Colorado. Well, thanks, Lauren, for the heads up on that. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Do you know of any PDF apps that will let you edit a PDF file and maybe highlight text in the PDF? Regards, David. Okay, I have to admit, folks, I added this one in the last minute, so did not get a chance to really check into this. So if anyone knows of an app that allows you to edit PDF docs on your iOS device, please let us know. The one app I know that lets you do markups on PDFs is GoodNotes, one word, GoodNotes. At least they claim to allow you to do that, uh, to take handwritten notes and sketch diagrams and markup PDFs. Again, if anyone has an app they like for editing PDFs rather than just marking one up, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. This is Bob Bullard out in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I wanted to do a review of a exercise app. Uh, it's called Gym Buddy. Uh, I've been lifting weights for many, many years, and first I used a pad and paper. And then I used a Trio, which had a really good program on it. And then when I got my first iPhone, oh, what was that, five, six years ago, I started looking for a good app for weightlifting. I found Gym Buddy. I was able to uh, work with the uh, developer, and he made some modifications that made it more friendly, like the old one I used to use on the Trio. And he's constantly making it better and better. It's uh, got to be the best weightlifting app I've ever seen. It actually even times your rest in between sets. It's one of the best I've, I've ever had. So I recommend to everyone to take a look at Gym Buddy. It's, uh, if you're a serious weightlifter, it's the way to go. Thanks a lot, and have a great day. Bob, thanks for the review of Gym Buddy. I want to take a minute now to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers. Beyond using Hover to register a new .com or .net or even .xxx domain, you can also easily transfer in your domains you were previously registered at another domain name register over to Hover. I transferred my old domains, and I used Hover's really easy, really, really, really easy valet service to transfer the domains. Did I mention it was easy? I just called toll-free 1-866-731-6556, that number which you can find at tii.hover.com, and gave them my username and password to my account at the other guys. Six minutes later, they had all my info, asked me some questions, confirmed my current Hover account, and were taking care of the transfer for me. Two hours and three minutes later, I got an email saying it was all done. So now all my TII domains and other assorted domains are in my Hover account, and the old redirects were still in place. Brilliant! Note, when calling the 1866 number, make sure to give them the coupon code TII. That's TII to get 10% discount on those transfers. There is no added fees for them to do the transfers for you. It is just a one-year fee for each domain name that is 
extends the registration period by one year for each domain. So again, you're just paying for one year's registration and it's extending. So if you had three or four years left, it'll add one year to that. You're not going to lose any time. Again, I can say for me, the whole process was really simple and easy. It took really just six minutes of my time on the phone and that was it. Again, whether you are registering a new .com or .net or even .xxx domain, you can save 10% on those registrations and or 10% on domain name transfers by going to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Isn't it time you liked registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Back into the email bag. Hey, Rob. The workaround to use Siri to update Twitter and Facebook no longer works for me. Is that how it is for everybody? Do you know of any other workaround? Regards, Laura in Nashville. Hi, Laura. I'm not sure if this is stopped for all, and the workaround Laura is talking about is setting Twitter and Facebook up to update via SMS and then renaming the SMS code 404-04 for Twitter and 32665 for Facebook, where you add both as contacts and rename them as Twitter and Facebook, respectively. Uh, then you just say, send a message to Twitter or Facebook. And so the question here is, for those of you that set up Twitter and or Facebook such that you could update via Siri, is it still working for you? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG. Record an email and your comments to todayinios at gmail.com. And I should point out, there's more to getting it set up to do this Siri uh, workaround where you can send out messages to Twitter and Facebook than just simply creating an account and renaming it Facebook and Twitter. You have to do some stuff set up on the back end at Facebook and Twitter to get that all working. But again, on the iPhone, it's really a matter of once you send that initial uh, text, getting that, creating it as a contact, the 32665 and the 40404 for Facebook and Twitter respectively and, and renaming them accordingly. That said, again, if you did this, if you were one of the people that was doing this so that you could simply use Siri to send an update to Twitter or Facebook, is it still working for you? I had this next one sent in from a few listeners that claim this worked for them. For me, I saw no difference, but I did not have an issue to start with, so not sure if I can say one way or the other on this, but it did not hurt anything. What is it I am trying to talk about, you ask? Or actually, get on with it already, you are thinking. Yeah. What I'm talking about is the recalibration of your home button. This is supposed to make tapping the home button more responsive if you are someone that finds you have to tap it more than once on occasion to get it to respond or if it responds sluggishly when you do tap it. Here is what you need to do. Step one, open one of the Apple stock apps, like say the stock app, but not any stock app, just the stock stock app or say the stock weather app, or even the YouTube app. These are the ones you can't delete. Step two, with the app open, hold down the power button until the slide to power off slider appears. Step three, as soon as you see the slide to power off slider appear, press and hold the home button until the red slider disappears and the app force quits and you are back at the home menu. At that point, if you are having issues with your home button, you should now have a more responsive home button. Let me know if you have any luck with this. Still not convinced it is not a placebo effect people are seeing. So before you try this, do some testing with the home button to confirm you are seeing a lag or sluggish response, and then repeat said tests after you do it. Call in your results, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email in your comments to today and iOS at gmail.com. Thanks to those that sent in links to this next one, which is another cool Kickstarter project. This one has reached its goal and has just 13 days left if you are interested. And the project I am talking about is the Magnify, which is an iPhone adapter case that allows you to take pictures and video through the eyepiece via binoculars, microscopes, telescopes, and according to them, almost anything else with an eyepiece. That is 1 to 1.5 inches or 25 to 38 millimeter. Um, they claim it works with 90% of the microscopes, but obviously not the Mantis. They also said it works with the majority of binoculars and telescopes. 
This would have been a great device from my days back in engineering when I was doing any type of failure analysis using a microscope and I needed to send picks to the component manufacturer or the customers. Anyway, if you are interested in getting pictures or video from a micro or macro view, check out the project called Magnify in Kickstarter. Pricing for this is just $60 per Kickstarter. Again, if you ever pledge to a Kickstarter project for anything iOS related, please send an email in and let me know. And also, once you get said product, send in a review and let me know if it, you thought it wound up being worth the money and why or why not. Hi, Rob. This is Tom from New York. I'm trying to find an app. I believe it's called the cloud, you know, in a cartoon uh, where they write, it, write the words in. I'm trying to find an app that would do that on an existing photograph. Don't know if something like that exists, but if it does, could you let me know? Anyway, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm Tom, who was on your first podcast. Take care. Hi, Tom. Thanks for the question. And I jumped into the VIP zone because I remembered I had a couple of times where I've had artwork where people put in those little clouds with text in it. In episode 196, Lou V created the artwork and he used the app Halftone to do it. And in episode 167, Gregory created the artwork and Gregory uses used the app Doodle Buddy. So Doodle Buddy or Halftone are two apps you can use to insert the little word bubble. Well, I'm sure there's other apps that will do that, and, and folks, you can please email in what those other apps are. Those are two that I know of right now that have been used in the past for artwork for the TII show that had them in there. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for the tip to use CloudOn to edit RTF files on the iPad. However, I was hoping to be able to actually have the RTF files reside on my Wi-Fi iPad as opposed to in the cloud. Does anyone know of an app that allows for offline editing of RTF files on the iPad? Thanks so much for all you and your listeners' help. Regards, Andy B. in Santan Valley, Arizona. Hi, Andy. You know, some people are just not satisfied with almost good enough. Jeez. Actually, I understand that request, as it would be impossible to edit an RTF file on a plane with no Wi-Fi with cloud on. So I will throw this out to the audience. If anyone knows of an app for the iPad that allows for editing of RTF files on the iPad when in airplane mode, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. On the app theme, we have the following email. Hi, Rob. Don't know if this exists. I would be interested in an app that would allow someone to take a picture of a color like in a fabric or paint and then match that color at the store. Does it already exist? Regards, Frank P. Hi, Frank. I'm thinking the issue here has to do with the lighting and how it would change what is the real color you're taking a picture of. About the only way I could see this working is if you had a few control samples you could put around the color you're matching and then brought the control samples with you to the store and it then calibrated off of the control samples and matched them up to what you had in the app for those control samples to get at the color you were interested in. But without having the control samples you bring in with you, it would not do much good, i.e. if you tried to calibrate off of a sample you did not bring in, there would be errors introduced as the sample slowly faded or changed over time. So if, if someone who downloaded the app then also sent you a physical sample. Per if there is an app and setup like this, I don't know, I, couldn't, I didn't see anything quickly searching through iTunes. Sounds like this is something that maybe Lowe's or Home Depot or Sherwin-Williams would need to come up with. If anyone knows of something like this, please let us know. I want to pass along a heads up I received from a few listeners about getting emails from what looked to be Apple, but seems to be a phishing scam. It looks like some nefarious individuals or group thereof are sending out emails that look like they are from the App Store asking you to answer some questions. As always, never ever click on links in an email. If Apple asks you to update something in your iTunes account, there will not be a link. They will ask you to just go into iTunes and log into your account manually and then update your settings. But again, no legit companies send out links and emails and you should never, 
ever click on links from an email that they, it looks like they are from Apple or AT&T or Verizon or anyone else like that. And no, no one is saying anything bad about you on Twitter either. Hey, Rob, this is Ryan from Redmond. I have a question for you and your listeners. My phone, iPhone 4S, currently jailbroken. I'm having an issue with it. I have lost all of my contact pictures, and I don't know what the origin of the problem is. Um, I Again, like I said, it was jailbroken, so I have installed and uh, deleted several different apps from Cydia, and I'm not quite sure what's causing the problem. I cannot find any of my contact pictures. They're not in my contacts application, they're not in my phone application, and they're not in the Byte SMS application at all. And they once were, and all of a sudden they have disappeared. So just wanted to throw this out to you and your listeners, see if anybody could give me a heads up as to where my contact pictures could have gone or what application could be uh, possibly causing this issue. Thanks so much, and uh, looking forward to your uh, next next go around here. Thanks, Rob. Hi, Ryan. Maybe someone will have some better advice. My only advice to you is going to be start removing your city apps one by one and see if you finally get them to come back. Uh, you might have to remove all your city apps. Uh, but it sounds like there's some sort of conflict with one of the apps or one of the tweaks that you have in place. And usually what I just tell people is just start removing all the apps, uninstalling your city apps until your problem goes away. Thanks to Tash for the heads up on this next one, which is about FileMaker, which still holds a place near and dear to my heart, as I used to do quite a bit of FileMaker programming back in my Vectron days. Anyway, this story is about FileMaker Go 12, which FileMaker said received over 100,000 downloads in its first week. FileMaker Go 12 is free in the App Store and allows you to run iOS database apps created with FileMaker Pro 12. You can get a free 30-day trial of FileMaker Pro 12 now as well. I really do miss programming in FileMaker. It was fun for me, and Terry, Melton, and myself created some really killer quote management system uh, applications with FileMaker. 66% of the credit to Terry, probably a little bit more than 66% of the credit goes to Terry. Thanks to Stephen W. for the heads up on this next one. Kind of, sort of, I think. As this is for an app in iTunes App Store called Win8 Metro Testbed that allows you to test out the Windows 8 Metro UI on your iPad, which I know all of you are just itching to do. That would be the bad type of itch, you know, the one that makes you wear boxers for a few weeks type of itch, or the type of itch a Secret Service agent might get after a trip to Columbia type itch. Oh, I totally so went there. Anyway, this $29.99 app is an official app, as mentioned, not a jailbreak app, and obviously is geared towards devs. Note a PC installed with Windows 8 Consumer Preview is required. A lot of people want to know which carrier is faster for them. And them is a key part of the question because depending where them is, the speeds for each of the major carriers can vary quite a bit. Which is why the app Carrier Compare, one word, was created. The idea behind it is that you can open the app and it will tell you based on your current location which carrier has the best service, i.e. speed and signal strength. The issue is obviously if you have an AT&T phone 3GS, say, and you want to check on Sprint and Verizon QoS or quality service directly, it relies on a crowdsource database, not your measurement, because obviously if you've got the AT&T iPhone 3GS, there's no way to directly compare it to a Sprint and Verizon uh, device since they don't have said device. Anyway, so when you do a check in the app, it will do a speed test in your app and then save the data to their database waiting for the next person to check near where you did your test. The app Carrier Compare is free, as you would imagine it needs to be, as it is only as good as the crowdsourced user data goes. And right now, based on reviews, it's not very good, or at least the reviews aren't the greatest. I installed and tried the app, and what it told me was that AT&T was the best for me. It had a 2.72 megabyte download speed for AT&T, which was measured on my iPhone 4S and just 1.1 megabit per second download for a sprint done 161 yards away by somebody. And in third place was Verizon with an anemic 390 kilobits per second download speed measured some 398 yards away, which those results 
not that surprising for 3G, AT&T has the fastest download speeds typically, and being in Overland Park, where Sprint is headquartered, I would expect their 3G to beat out Verizon's. If you download this app, let me know what you get for results. Really, what will be interesting will be when iPhone 2012 comes out with LTE, as LTE speed tests are going to be the ones people really are going to be caring about. And speaking of LTE speed tests, I received the following email. Hi Rob, after upgrading to the new iPad, I finally saw the LTE in my AT&T service area. So I ran speed test and I was amazed by the speed. I measured 33 megabits per second on the download and 17.4 megabits per second on the upload. This via the speedtest.net app. Regards, Tony L. in San Fran. Tony, thanks for that feedback. If anyone else is doing any LTE speed tests or is able to do any LTE speed tests on their iPad, please let me know your results and which carrier and, of course, which location you tested in. Into the email bag we go. Hey, Rob. Like you, I got caught up in the catch-22 between AT&T and Apple support after following to the letter the unlock process. I gave up after a week of trying over and over, and your TII podcast reminded me, motivated me, to try again. After a lot of painful, low-level discussions with AT&T, quote-unquote, experts, I talked to a higher-level person at Apple who informs me that iTunes' latest version has a problem with my old iPhone 3G and that Apple is working on a fix. No prediction on when a fix will arrive, but I'm glad to hear some real info instead of being brushed off by the AT&T support people. And thanks for your advice on talking gibberish to the phone robots. Regards, Rod S. Hi, Rod. Good luck on that. And folks, yes, talking nonsense to the phone robots really does work. Per unlocking the iPhone, I finally received my email this week. It came from AT&T, even though AT&T originally told me the email would come from Apple. The minor detail aside, the email from AT&T had the following subject line, quote, requested information from AT&T, unquote, to look for that, with a header in the email with, quote, completing your authorized iPhone unlock, unquote. The instructions were pretty simple. Step one, open iTunes on your computer and verify it has an internet connection. Step two, connect your iPhone via a USB connection to the computer. Step three, backup. Step four, restore your iPhone. Step five, look for the message, your iPhone is unlocked after the restore. First time through the restore, my iPhone did not say anything about it being unlocked, so I did the restore again. The second time through on iTunes, there was a screen that said, quote, Congratulations, your iPhone has been unlocked, unquote. That was in bold letters around 18 font. Then in smaller, 12, regular, non-bold font, was a message that said, quote, To set up and sync this iPhone, click continue, unquote. Then clicking continue, it asks you to register the iPhone. Again, if you do not see this message on iTunes, and it just goes directly to the restore from backup screen, select setup as new, then click quickly click through and then do another restore, selecting not to do a backup on the second restore. And that is what I did, and that's what worked for me. Again, the email came from AT&T and not Apple, as I was originally told by AT&T. So maybe that process has changed, or maybe they were just wrong from the start. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Just listened to the show. Wow, a multi-mention. Thanks. For the guy with Wi-Fi in the office problem, sounds like a Wi-Fi security protocol settings issue. An incorrect standard set for the iPhone for his iPhone devices. Here is a link to standards and the administrator should go to his ISP and to the Wi-Fi settings and set the right connection standard. Um, folks look for the link setting up your wife, your home wireless network. So again, setting up your home wireless network. You can find that link in the show notes for episode. 221 over today on iOS.com. Um, that comes from Chris in London. Thanks, Chris, for the heads up on that article. And again, look for that link over there. Um, we had some more feedback on this question. Hi, Rob. On the last episode, there was a question about iOS devices not working on Wi-Fi network, but Android devices working okay. To answer the question, I've had problems with iPhones connecting Wi-Fi networks that use mixed encryption. To solve this problem, 
I set the wireless router to use only WPA2 with only AES. Unfortunately, many routers default use uh, various security methods to maximize compatibility with as many devices as possible. I hope this helps some of your listeners. Regards, Crispin. Hi, Rob. This is Roger Hoyt calling about Jonathan's problem with the Wi-Fi. That one's actually pretty easy to figure out. The first 12-bit portion of a MAC address, that's for the TCP IP, um, the MAC address on the network interface, this address shows the vendor number. The first 12 bits of the portion of the MAC address shows the vendor number of the network. Someone is anti-Apple and is deliberately blocking iOS devices from connecting. This will block all iOS addresses from Apple to include the Airport Extreme. Someplace in the Wi-Fi router security settings, it is being deliberately set to block the 12-bit portion that shows the vendor, which is Apple. So they, someone is anti-Apple, and they're keeping Apple devices off of the network. I hope this explanation helps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, Rob. This is Bill in Austin, Texas. I was calling about Jonathan's question about why his iDevices are not connecting to his office network. Uh, one thought could be if his office's Wi-Fi network is set up on WEP encryption, and they're using a key index that is not equal to 1, in other words, it's equal to 2, 3, or 4, then Apple devices will not be able to connect to it. Uh, you could probably do some more research on that as to why, but uh, it's something that Apple kind of left out of their WEP encryption. Uh, hopefully that helps, and if, uh, if he has some other access point that he has control over that he can plug into his office network, um, then he should be able to connect to that if he has the ability to manage the encryption uh, scheme and key. Hope that helps. Talk to you later. Hey, Rob, it's Gary from Indiana. I just got done listening to your latest podcast, and for Jonathan's issue with his Wi-Fi at his office, there are a couple of things he can try, but a lot of them might be beyond his control depending on whether or not he's the one who set up the router or he has permission to change it. He mentioned that he tried to put the airport extreme on the Ethernet port, Make sure if he's going to do that, he sets it on bridge mode. And it also depends on how his network at his office is set up. There's IUP network where I'm at at school. And while it will let phones and laptops connect, it will not let Sony, PlayStation, or other game consoles connect. It has something to do with the WPA2 Enterprise that... IUP uses it's a secured network you have to have an IUP account with a username and password to even gain entry into the system so if he's got something similar to that at work it could be something that the iPhones and etc do not support usually the iOS software is pretty good about that but he could be one of those rare situations if he's got some weird router some no-name router meaning not a Linksys, D-Link, TrendNet, etc. That might be part of his problem. If he has permission, he could try making his Airport Extreme the router instead of this said router. It sounds like he's already checked his iOS software and etc. on his phone to make sure he's running the latest one, but just in case, he might and might want to check that and have his colleagues do the same. Also, if it's the work setup, it's going to be beyond his control since it's security-wise. Thanks for the podcast and keep up the good work. Hi, Rob. This is Hector from Arbor, New York. I'm calling in regards to the gentleman that uh, has an issue with the iPhones connecting to the wireless, but the Android can still do it. I had an issue like that at my place where I was messing around with the settings in the wireless and found that there's a 40 megahertz and a 20 megahertz setting within the wireless section. And whenever the router is set to 40 megahertz, most of the time won't even see the router or, or just cannot connect. I will say to that gentleman to take a look at the wireless settings, see if there's something for 40 and 20 megahertz, and make sure they have it set to 20. And I think that should do it. Have a good one. I want to thank everyone that sent in feedback on the Wi-Fi issue that he was having. Hopefully one of those pieces of feedback will help him out. Thanks to Ravi 
for the heads up on this next one, which falls into the time to bash Android category or time again to bash Android category. You pick. Either way, this story is about a fake Instagram app that is making its rounds on Android that is chock full of malware. Surprise, surprise. Guess this is one of those hurt you in the pocket type malware where it sends out SMS messages to premium services, those racking up nice big bills for you, uh, the end user, that installed the app. Sweet. Almost makes you feel sorry for them, Android users. Almost. Thanks to Jim for the heads up on this next one, which is a tweet from Pod2G, who was significantly responsible for the iOS 5.0.1 untethered jailbreak. Well, his latest tweet on the subject was, quote, News, we have all exploits required to do a new jailbreak. I'm working on bypassing ASLR at boot up, unquote. That was on April 18th. He also put out a new blog post today, April 20th, which was more technical in nature and to help out others working on the latest untethered jailbreak. The title of the post was IDC script to help reverse iOS 5 binaries with IDA less than 6.2, which I mean, if that does not get you excited, then well, everything else probably will. Okay, what does this all mean? Well, it sounds like an untethered jailbreak for iOS 5.1 is possible. The question is, what comes first, the jailbreak for the masses or the next version of iOS? More info on this when it is available. Into the email bag we go. Dear Rob, I spent with my family a week holiday in New York on the occasion of the launch of the new iPad. We bought one from AT&T with a one-month plan and went back to our home country of Tunisia. I have just found out that the plan is automatically renewed, and since there is no AT&T signal in Tunisia, we are not able to cancel the plan through the settings. Therefore, I sent the email below to AT&T Customer Care for wireless, and I'm waiting for a reply from them. Do you have any idea on how to sort out this issue? Thank you very much and keep up the good work. Regards, Rita. Hi, Rita. Uh, you could call your credit card company and explain the issue and ask them to cancel the charge if they refuse, which is not likely, and AT&T does not respond, infinitely more likely. Then you could just cancel your credit card. If anyone knows how else to cancel this, please just let us know. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I am stuck in a problem that you or your listeners may be able to help me with. I am looking for something that would likely be the reverse of my 3G. I have video stream app for my service provider, for my service provider in Australia to stream games of Aussie Rule Football. To stream the games, you have to be on their 3G network. What I would like to do is use AirPlay mirroring to display the games on my TV which means I need to use and keep Wi-Fi turned on. The only problem is as soon as I go on Wi-Fi to use AirPlay, I lose stream of the game. Do you or any of your listeners know of a way to join a Wi-Fi network but still stream my data over 3G? Regards, Anton. Hi, Anton. I'm sending this one out to the audience to see if anyone knows of a jailbreak app that might help because the only way to be able to do this, if there is a way to do this, would be via a jailbreak app. One more email. Good morning, TII. We'd love the opportunity to be reviewed or mentioned on your podcast. Some information on our app. Title is Chiza Cheap Pizza. Chiza is a free iPhone app highlighting New York City's best cheap pizza. Released on April 18th, 2012, the app is in the first in the App Store to tackle this type of topic. Regards, Joe and Adrian. Oh, sure. Hit me in my soft spot, New York Pizza. Sadly, this is just for New York City and not Long Island, as then you would be able to find Satellite Pizza with 1L. And that is in Bayport, and that is where I worked, and that is the best New York-style pizza and deep-fried calzones and zeppelis anywhere. But for those in New York City looking for good pizza and cheap pizza, check out the free app, Chiza, that's C-H-E-A-Z-Z-A, Chiza Cheap Pizza. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Please let your listener who was interested in building a coffee table book know that he can design and have it made at the Kodak site, and if they want, they can download a free app called Kodak Gallery. 
I happened to have received some advertising about this service from Kodak many moons ago and recalled it sometime after listening to Ep220. Hope this helps. Thanks for all you do in the iOS sphere. Kind regards, Janine in Chicago. Thanks, Janine, for the heads up on the Kodak Gallery app, which, as she mentioned, is a free app. But of course, the book will cost a little bit to have made. I'm going to get some of the info I gathered at NAB up in the posts at the TII VIP zones shortly. Look for those in the VIP section starting next week, along with other VIP zone posts on a more regular basis. There will even be a video I shot with a really cool handheld stabilizer for shooting video. Again, my info gathered from NAB will be up in the VIP zone starting next week. Rob, it's John from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I recently went through the unlocking process in AT&T. I, I did the chat thing service first, and I must have talked to the stupidest AT&T representative because she told me that I was not eligible because even though the account showed that I had moved from a 4 to a 4S, that my 4 was still on contract with AT&T, which I know for a fact it wasn't. So after calling AT&T directly on the phone, it took about 10 minutes for them to unlock my phone, and it worked out perfectly. So that's my story. Have a good day. Bye. Hey, Rob. This is Andy from White Lake, Michigan. Got a question for you. I've got a new iPad and I've got a jailbroken iPhone 4. I recently got the MyY app that basically lets you tether, you know, so I could tether with my iPad. The app works great. I've used it for three or four days, and uh, it's fantastic. But then I just started reading on the Internet that AT&T is basically uh, scanning phones, and they're seeing that people are, are tethering not through their service. So they're sending out an email saying, if you don't quit immediately, we're going to take you off your unlimited data plan, which I'm still grandfathered in on, and we are going to add another $45 to your bill, and you'll be put on a tethering plan. Uh, my question is, is there a way around this, or is my why possibly coming out with a workaround so that AT&T can't scan your phone? Let me know. Uh, love the podcast. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for any info you can give me. Hi, Andy. If you were trying to tether your laptop to your iPhone, I would tell you to use PDA Net. But I do not believe PDA Net works with your iPad, so you really have no choice but MyWay. Now, that said, I don't remember anyone contacting me. You know, if, of course, if you're one of these that I'm forgetting, it, that where someone said, hey, I was tethering with MyWay, and I was tethering an iPad, and AT&T busted me. It usually, from what I remember, was people that were getting busted were tethering with their laptop with MyY, which you shouldn't do. Again, if you have a laptop and you want to tether to your iPhone, use PDA Net and then choose to hide uh, data usage. But you don't have the option with PDA Net to connect it to your iPad unless they've updated it. In the past, it didn't work. So you really have no choice but to use MyY. And I don't believe, again, that you're going to get busted um, uh, with using your iPad with uh, tethering with MyY. You might, and, and I can't promise you won't. And again, if anyone out there has been contacted by AT&T because they were tethering their iPad to their IO, um, iPhone using MyY, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Hi, Rob. It's Stuart here from the United Kingdom. Just a question about um, Apple TV. What are the benefits, if any, of jailbreaking the Apple TV? I have the second generation, and if so, um, what USB connector do I have to use? Because I've had a look at the connection at the back of the Apple TV, and it doesn't seem to fit any of the USB cables that I have at home. Hope you or your listeners can answer this question. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for the question. I haven't talked about Apple TV and jailbreaking in quite some time, and really even when I talked about it initially, it was really very cursory. So to answer your question uh, on the cable, you need a micro USB cable. And when you're doing the jailbreak and connecting, you actually don't have the power applied to the Apple TV. You just have the micro USB connector connected to your uh, computer. Now, why would someone jailbreak their Apple TV? Um, three basic 
apps that people want to get on there when they jailbreak their Apple TV. Uh, the Xbox Media Center, so that's XBMC, so Google that, but Xbox Media Center or really just Google XBMC. And then Plex is another app they want to get on there, and that's another media center. And then Nitro TV. So those are the three key apps right now that people are putting on their Apple TVs when they jailbreak. If, if you want to learn more about those, again, Google those, XBMC, Plex, and Nitro TV. Now, of course, there may be other good reasons to jailbreak your Apple TV that I'm just not thinking of or aware of. And if you are someone that has jailbroken your Apple TV, please call in and let us know which apps you installed and what the advantages of those apps are on your Apple TV. I want to once again thank today's sponsor, and that is Hover. Please go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to save 10% on your domain name registrations or your transfers. And don't forget about the valet service to do the transfer if you use that. Remember to mention the promo code TII to get your 10% discount on your transfers. As always, if you have any comments, questions, feedback, tips, tricks, anything you want to send in, give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record in a comment and email to us at todayinios at gmail.com. Finally, if you don't have the TII app, you're missing out. So go to the iTunes store, search for TII. It's just $2.99 in the App Store. You get push notifications when there's breaking news or a new episode is released. And you get to see album artwork and just a great way to consume the TII show. Again, the TII app in the App Store, $2.99. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.